Kings, book of James, I'm sure we'll be in some other places, but we're going to start out there. We've been preaching on Sunday nights about this idea of uh, ordering and the fact that our God is a God of order and that we as Christians need to make sure that our lives are lives of order. And uh, we've been looking at that. We looked about how that we're to order um, uh, the God's divine order uh, of ourselves. And of course, uh, that is direct opposite of what we were before we were born again and uh, direct opposite of what uh, the world is, of course, and that is, of course, with the Holy Spirit in control, and then uh, our reborn spirit uh, in control by the Holy Spirit, then our soul, which is our mind, our will, our emotions, and then last of all, who doesn't even get to say so, is the body or the flesh, and that's God's divine order of how we as Christians are to be living our lives, and we talked about that. Last week, we talked about the benefits of of living that way and uh, why we ought to do so. So we're going to continue this Bible study, this these messages, and uh, tonight we're going to talk about ordering our time, ordering our time. And so if you find your place, stand with me together, James chapter 4, James chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 17, uh, uh, James chapter 4. The Bible says this, beginning in verse 13, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. Again, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, what a privilege, Lord, to be around your people, to sing your praises. And now, Lord, to be able to turn our attention to your precious holy word. And I pray that you'd speak to us through it. Spirit of God, we invite you into our midst. We want you here. And we pray that through the singing and, and through the praising God that uh, we've opened a wide open door for you to be here. And we ask that you to be active in our midst. We ask that you'd speak to our hearts and bless the preaching of your word. We thank you now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. James chapter 4 verse 13 through 17 gives us some uh, good uh, principles when it comes to life and when it comes to time. Now folks, listen, time is the great equalizer, alright? And uh, uh, there are different segments of society, if you want to call it that, different levels, if you want to call it that. But let me tell you, it don't matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have. It don't matter where you live. Uh, it doesn't matter whether uh, you live in a third world country or first world country. It doesn't matter uh, uh, as far as your standing and those types of things. But one thing is true, every single one of us has the same amount of time. And when I say time, I mean uh, the uh, as long as God allows us to live, uh, as far as the, the seconds, the minutes, the hours, uh, the days, the months, uh, and, and then uh, however long allows us to live as far as years. And so God has gifted us with an amount of time. And by the way, we don't know when our time's up. Only God knows that. By the way, life and death are in God's hands. Amen? And that's why we as Christians, uh, uh, and, and truth be told, as human beings in general, should not be uh, uh, taking what is God's to take. Amen? And that's why abortion is such a horrible thing. It's mankind taking life when God gifted life. That's why God, uh, uh, one of the Ten Commandments is, is not to kill or meaning to murder, because life is in God's hands. But time, as long as God gives it to us, 
we as Christians need to make sure we're ordering it properly. I did some uh, uh, some number crunching this week, and uh, if we get our three score and ten, and that's the average lifespan of man, some get less, some get a little bit more, but if we get our three score and ten, 70 years of life, I broke that down. And when you start breaking this down, folks, it really is pretty astounding because it's not as much as you think. All right? For example... God allows you to live your 70 years, and thank God uh, He sometimes gives more. And I'm thankful we got some dear folks that are uh, have more. Amen? But the average, if you get the average, that means this. You get 840 months. Okay? Now start thinking about it like that for a minute. Okay? 840 months. You know, 70 years of life is only 25,550 days. That's not that many. 613,200 hours. That's only, now I know this is a big number, but when you realize how quick minutes go, that's only 36,792 minutes of life. Okay? And then if you want to break it down even further, you have seconds, alright? And again, in our day and age, it's not uncommon to hear the word trillion thrown out. Well, guess what? If you get 70 years, we're not even in the trillions of seconds. 2,207,520,000 seconds of life. Truth be told, folks, in the scope of things, that's not much. Okay, but so what we do have, what God does gift us with, we better make sure we're ordering it properly. I'm going to give you some Bible principles and very practical steps that will help you order your time. Let's look at a few principles out of James chapter 4. First of all, understand this, that life vanishes at an astounding rate. Vanishes. Now, it's hard for young people to understand this because for y'all, it seems like life just, you know, creeps by, right? But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, truth be told, uh, the rate of acceleration is astounding when you start considering how quickly life passed. For example, I read something this week that blew my mind, all right, because it's a numbers thing. But they said, I, I want to believe I'm getting the numbers right here, from it's been, it's been as many years from 1970 to 2022 as it was from 1918 to 1970. Anybody read that this week? See that? Okay. You think about that. Man. I mean, uh, you know, in our minds, especially some of you who that was part of your generation, Now, I, I, I was fortunate enough to miss the 70s. Amen. I was born in 1980. Praise God for that. I missed that crazy decade called the 70s. But many of you live right through it, right? And uh, you were in the peak of your youth during the 70s. And think about that. It's been just as much time from 1970 to to this year, 2000, as it was from 1918 to uh, 1970. And you start thinking about it, kind of brings things into context a little bit, right? So life vanishes at astounding rate. So you know what that means? We shouldn't waste it because once it's wasted, you never get it back. Number two, because of this, it's important to live your life on purpose. Amen. Uh, live your life on purpose. Now, this portion of Scripture uh, is not condemning planning for the future. If anything, it's encouraging us to do so, but we just do so with a humble heart, understanding that all future plans should be made in respect to the will of God. And that's why the Bible says what it says right there, for ye ought to say, if the Lord will. Amen? And we ought to plan our future, understanding, folks, that God's will trumps everything in life. And no, even though it's not wrong to plan, if God's will is for us to do something different, it's okay with us because God is God. Amen? Just like I said this morning, God has a right to do what He wants in our lives because 
He's God and we belong to Him if we're saved. So that's why as a Christian, it's good to get in the habit of saying, Lord willing. Amen? And that's why uh, I was taught that at a young age. And it's not just a phrase, it's a mindset. Amen? That's why I keep saying, Lord willing, if God allows us to, we're going to build that building out there. But you know what? Maybe God won't allow us to. By the way, that'd be okay. Wouldn't it be all right if our if our uh, our, our building project is getting to occupy that new mansion up there? Amen. That'd be all right too. I'd be good with that. Amen. But listen, folks, we we can't see the future like God can, and so we need to understand that whatever we plan the future is based upon God's will for our lives. So because of that, we ought to live our lives on purpose. Listen to me, folks. Don't exist. Live. Amen? And that's part of the reason I'm teaching you this, and I'm teaching you this in the first month of the year, so that we'll have the right mindset, so that we can live out the rest of this year if God allows us to. By the way, okay, look how quick the first month went. Last Sunday, January. By the way, and this was five Sundays. Okay, and look how quick it went, right? And so, I mean, I think we understand uh, how time works, how quick it is, and how it's important it is we live it on purpose. How about this? It's a sin to know to do good and not to do it. Now, it's interesting that God puts this in this passage of Scripture when it comes to uh, time. You know, in the Bible, there are sins of commission, but there's also sins of omission. So we sin if we commit things we shouldn't do, but we also can sin by not doing things we ought to do. Amen? And when we do something... The Bible says not to, we've committed a sin. But if we fail to do something that we ought to do, that and to omit good, both are wrong and both are a sin. And so the best way to prevent these types of sins of omission is to live by schedule. Let me tell you why, folks, because most of the sins of omission are committed because of either procrastination or neglect. Let me say that again, amen? Think about what I just said. Most of the sins of omission are committed because of either procrastination or neglect. By the way, I believe this is true. We intend to do good and right things. But guess what? There's no reward at the judgment seat of Christ for good intentions. I think we all have good intentions, but folks, listen to me, all right? That's just a small, minute part that ought to be the catalyst to then put the intention to action and get done what needs to be done. Because uh, the right way to make sure we don't do that is this, and this is the whole premise of the message tonight, is to schedule them, right? To schedule them. By the way, we make time for things that are important. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. He's not talking about the alarm clock going off, amen? Although he is talking about the spiritual alarm clock going off, meaning this, remember what we've been talking about? Knowing, understanding, having a spiritual understanding of what's going on in our lives and going on in our world. Listen, we know the time, and because of that, it's about time we wake up spiritually, amen? And get done the things we're to get done. Romans chapter, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. We've been talking about this verse. In fact, if you uh, don't look right now, but if you look behind you and see it, it's on the clock back there. Here's what it says. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Here it is. Redeeming the time. Amen. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Again, folks, listen, there's no excuses for not doing the will of God for our life. Because as a Christian, we have the Word of God, we have the Holy Spirit of God. God's not trying to hide His will from you or me. 
He wants us to know it, and He will show it to us, reveal it to us, if we'll walk in a life of obedience to Him. And because of that, part of His will is for us to live every day on purpose, live by schedule, redeeming the time. That means this, don't waste time. That's what He's talking about, not redeeming the, or to redeem the time. And we see that phrase again in Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. So living by schedule prevents us from just spiritually sleepwalking through life. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I hate even using this word, but it's true. There's a lot of Christian zombies out there, okay? Oh, they're, they're alive, okay? But they're just, you know, kind of just uh, absentmindedly just kind of going through life and truth be told, not accomplishing anything for the cause of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, I don't want my life to be that way, amen? And so here's what we must do, all right? We need to walk circumspectly, carefully, and purposefully, all right? And you know how we do that? We do that by scheduling the things that need to be done, amen? So uh, for us to understand this, there's a very interesting Bible word that's used three times in the Bible. And here's the word, lifetime. Lifetime. Now, that's a word we use, all right? It's a Bible word. But if you think about it, and here's the three instances it's used at. 2 Samuel chapter 18, 18. Absalom, in his lifetime, had taken and reared up for himself a pillar. And then it talks about who he was and about pride in his life. Luke 16. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime. By the way, talking to a man that was burning in hell. And he was thinking back about his, there's that word, lifetime. And then Hebrews chapter 2, and deliver them who thought, who, who through fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. Now that's interesting, that word lifetime. What an appropriate word. Because think about it, life is time and time is life. And each of us are assigned our lifetime. And by that, if you want to illustrate it with literally a line drawn, and point A was the day you were born. Point B is the day that you die. By the way, already preset. Already preset. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die. Okay? That's why I said, folks, God, because God doesn't uh, live where we live. God, the Bible says, dwells in eternity. So you know what that means? God right now is in our present, but God also has the ability to be in our past because He's God and dwells in eternity. God lives outside of time. God also has the ability to be in our future where we're not even there yet. By the way, talk about why we ought to be trusting Him. Amen? And so our our days are appointed, our lifetime has been set, and you know what God's done? God's given us that lifetime, by the way, whether it's a decade, a few decades, or multiple decades, but to take the lifetime He's given us, and by the way, do something for Him, amen? Redeeming that time, because this is our life, this is our lifetime, and we want to live it with purpose, amen? So here we go. Let me give you some very practical things on how to do that. How to organize your time. So here we go. Number one, you need to organize your year. Okay, organize your year. Now, we're going to start at a large point, and we're going to start bringing it down real small. 
But listen, folks, you got you got to learn how to do these things. And I, and I understand, folks. I I get it. Okay, I'm not talking to a bunch of teenagers here. All right, I'm talking. Well, I'm some teenagers, but uh, but uh, for the most part, I'm talking to mature folks. But I I'm, I am sometimes surprised about certain mindsets that w- w- I I would think we would have figured out. Sometimes we don't. Amen. So that's why I'm going to give this to you. It begins with organizing your year. Now you know how you take control of your life. It starts with something very simple called a calendar. Amen. Listen, this is going to be practical tonight. Amen. I don't know. I mean, I try to teach you, teach you some deep spiritual truth, but sometimes the deep spiritual truths, truth be told, are simple, simple truths, right? Simple spiritual truths. Listen, a calendar. Listen, it's so important that you schedule the things that need to happen, beginning with your year. Now, that's why at the beginning of the year, the first Sunday of the year, you know what I handed out to you? A church calendar to let you know about the things that God has put on my heart to lead our church in this coming year. Now listen, you got to plan stuff. Okay, I don't know about y'all, but if somebody calls me last minute to do something, most of the time it's not going to happen. Because you know what? I, my life's like your life, it's busy. Things are pre-scheduled, things are pre-planned. i got to know ahead of time so that I can make proper time for that, Right? That's why we hand out a church calendar. So you know what you need to do? You need to organize your year. You know what, you know what that means? It means this. Give God type priority. Give God type priority. Again, folks, this should not be a foreign concept to we as Christians. Right? Give God top priority. The Bible says to but seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. What was the great commandment? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Amen? So listen, give God top priority. That means this, start by saving Sundays for the Lord. Amen? Start by saving Sundays for God. Listen, folks, Sunday is a sacred day. Amen? It's the Lord's day. That's what the Bible calls it. That means this, it's possessive. By the way, truth be told, every day is God's day. But there's one particular day God has designated and through through the Scripture teaches us that something sacred happens on the first day of the week. That's Sunday, by the way. Amen? And you know what that is? That's the gathering of God's people in the local New, uh, New Testament church. And that's why on Sundays we have church. And by the way, we ought to give God that day. Amen? Save it for God. Now, I understand from time to time things happen, right? Sicknesses come up. We are providentially hindered. There are certain things sometimes that happen that may hinder us from giving God His day. And by the way, God does understand that. But listen to me, that ought to be rare, rare, rare. Should should be the exception, not the rule. Amen? So give God top priority. Start by saving Sundays for God. Next, get a copy of the church calendar and mark those events on the calendar. Right? Listen, folks, there are certain things that only come around once a year. And it's important that if God lays it on our heart to do those, that we are a part of them. Okay, for example, all right, let me just just talk about a few things practically here for a minute. Six times a year, God has allowed your pastor, led me, to put on our church calendar six uh, um, youth conferences for our teenagers. All right? Six uh, uh, youth rallies. All right? Now listen, there's only six a year. Okay? I on purpose try to use wisdom and not overschedule the church calendar. By the way, if you go through that church calendar and you look, you know when most events transpire on days you're here anyway. Sundays, Thursdays, okay, missions emphasis month, really for the most part is not gonna, it doesn't require you being here extra days. 
Okay? And so I try to use wisdom on how I schedule these things, but there are some things where we do do on extra days. God has allowed me, led us through a group of pastors. Now, this is, I believe, our sixth year on having these youth rallies. Listen, you know what that means? As a parent, and you are a regular attender of this church, you need to have your kids at youth rallies. It's important. Let me tell you, what we're hearing, the preaching we're hearing at these youth rallies is life-changing. And it's more important than anything else you could be doing. I'm just telling you, folks. Amen? And that's one example. Something else we do once a year. And I'm kind of talking to the things we do with our young people, to the other things, obviously. But uh, a camp. I'm going to tell you, folks, there's something about church camp that's so important that uh, for for, uh, not even a full week, about three and a half days, we can get away, isolate ourselves away from the world, go somewhere out in the smack dab middle of the country, and for three and a half days have fun as Christians, but yet be co- have, have a time of concentrated preaching toward young people. Your young people need that, amen? Life-changing. Nothing's more important than that, that week in their life. Amen? Give God that priority. And on and on we could go. Now, I get it, folks. You know, sometimes there may be a scheduling conflict, okay? And I'm not mad at somebody if something comes up and, you know, you'd already had a family vacation planned or whatever. But that's why I try to give you this at the beginning of the year so we can make as much as possible what's going on at the church a priority. That's called giving God first place. Amen? And so it's important that we give God top priority. Second of all, number two, give your family second place. Let me say this, all right? First and foremost, without apology, God is number one. By the way, God's before family. God's before family. Amen? I love my wife, but I love God more. Okay? I love my kids, but I love their mama more, and I love my God more. Okay? There, there, there's an order of things that again, that if we'll do things in order, everything will be the way they're supposed to be. Okay? But let me say this, family is important. If it wasn't important, why do you think the devil has unleashed hell on the family? I'm, I'm talking about unleashed the, the demons of the darkest pit upon the family. I'm going to tell you, folks, <laughs> we know we're about to the end of this thing. When what's going on with families now is what's happening, folks. I'm telling you, it's just the way Jesus said it. Days of Noah, days of Lot. What was going on in those days? Go back to Genesis chapter 5, Genesis chapter 6. The world was filled with wickedness and violence and evil. Days of Lot. You know what you had? You had the Sodomites knocking on the door demanding the children. Okay? Where do you think we're at now? Okay? All I'm saying, folks, is this. Family is important. And I think because as what uh, Satan's doing to attack the family, we understand how important it is. And so, you know what? We need to make our family time priority times. That means this. You need to put down on your calendar important family dates that are important. Amen? By the way, there are some things that are important on your calendar. Okay, guys, listen to me. I'm preaching at you for a minute, all right? Our men can take it, all right? You're strong. Guess what, men? Your anniversary is important. Come on, guys. I didn't hear any amens from that. Why was that so quiet? Let's try that again. Your anniversary is important. That's right. Make it a priority. Amen? All right. Man, I'm meddling tonight, aren't I? All right? Okay. Hey, you know what? Your your kids' birthdays are important. Hey, guys, your wife's birthday is important. Those are important things. Amen? Hey, ladies, your husband's birthday is important. No, just kidding. All right? Listen to me. Put those down. 
Make de- make big deals about them. Now, every family does different things, okay? And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to tell you how to do your your family, how you do certain things. You know, in our family, uh, we've chosen not to make every birthday with our kids a big ordeal where we involve every, you know, everybody, okay? Sometimes we'll just do something within our own family. And, uh, we you know, that's what my wife and I have decided, okay? And so, you know, uh, and by the way, let me just kind of say this on a side note, all right? We got a lot of people here. We're starting to grow here, and it's all good. If you want to have a birthday party for your kids and invite people, but don't get your feelings hurt if everybody in the church can't show up to everybody's birthday party, Right? I mean, come on, folks. I mean, you know, I, I personally, I, you know, I, I try to do what I can. I try to be where I can. I got my own family. I got my own schedule going on. You know, I don't be mad at me if I can't make it to every, you know, birthday party you plan for your kids. If I can, I'll try to be there. Amen. All I'm saying is just be a little understanding about that. But it's more about your family. Amen. Family's important. Hey, you ready for this? Schedule a family vacation. That's important. Let me tell you something, folks. I only got these kiddos for so long in my house. Okay, I'm getting ready to lose one this year. <laughs> losing one to the backyard, <laughs> all right? But I'm still losing him, right? Not going to be the same, right? You know what I've always tried to do? And by the way, I, I, my, my pastor, man, he was so wise. Pastor Jerry Ross, who you know, but before him, his father, Pastor Robert Ross, who none of you know except maybe for Sister Pam and my family. I'm going to tell you, that man was wise. He taught me a lot. In fact, you don't even know this, but, you know, Pastor Robert Ross is through reincarnation pastoring this church. Amen? No, just kidding, all right? I don't believe in reincarnation. But all I'm saying is this. A lot of what he taught me flows through me because of I chose to learn from him. And what a wise man. One of these days you'll get to meet him uh, in heaven. And just a country boy that God used and, and transformed a lot of people's lives. But, you know, Pastor Ross taught me this, that, you know what, he told me. In fact, when I w- went to work uh, for him as as 23-year-old working in the Christian school, he told me, he says, listen, you need to make sure you take time for your family, take a family vacation every year. He told me that. And you know what he'd do a lot of times? No one knew this. He'd give me, he, he'd give me a bonus. So uh, he did that a few times so I could take my family on vacation. Right? And so, folks, all I'm saying is this, that those things are important. Make memories with your kids. Make memories. I love going, uh, looking around our house and, and seeing uh, in different places, uh, different pictures from our, our uh, family vacations. Man, i got a lot of good memories with that. And you know what? Listen, folks, make your home a place where your kids have good memories, not bad memories. Listen, none of us are perfect. We're not going to get it right all the time. But your home ought to be a happy place. By the way, you know where it starts at? Us as parents. The home is what we as parents allow it to be. Okay? And you know where that starts at? Come on now. We're taking it up to the chain. Daddies, you set the stage in that. Amen? We're the leaders of our home. Let's take that important. Listen, family vacations. You know, do do different things with your family. Have a family a game night. Uh, you know, things of that sort. And... Um, it's important that you take time sometimes just your, your wife and you uh, uh, husbands and do things for your wife. I mean, listen, folks, give family second place. Make your family a priority. Amen? So important that we do that. So number one, give God top priority. Number two, give family second place. Number three, and this is important, this is practical, check your calendar every night before you go to bed so you can stay on top of what is coming. Now, I'm so glad I've listened to my wife in life. Man, she's helped me so much. By the way, that's what they're called, guys. A help me, right? By the way, ladies, be a help me for your husband. But um, I, I used to, and, and God's blessed me. I got a fairly decent memory, except for people's names. I, I'm getting better at that. But um, I used to try to plan everything up here. 
It, it works most of the time. But what happens for that person that, you know, I, I am human and it does fall through the crack? That doesn't Listen, you can't, you can't, you know, pastor a church, run a small business on the side, take care of what you, without a calendar. Okay? And so, anyway, my main calendar is here at the church. Well, that's not with me everywhere. So my wife taught me how to use my calendar app on my phone. I'm so glad she did. Amen? And so now I can stay on top of things and plan things and schedule things. Listen to me. Check that calendar every night before you go to bed. See what's going on. See what you have planned for the next day. God's given us 168 hours per week to get done what we need to do. By the way, if we really needed more, He would have given us more. Right? God knew what we needed. So there's enough time to do what we need to do if we refuse to waste time. I read a very interesting thing the other day. And I wish I would have saved it. I didn't save it. It was the, 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 the weekly schedule of Charles Spurgeon. Now, Charles Spurgeon, if you know anything much about him, was a giant of the faith. By the way, Spurgeon wrote a lot, pastored a huge church. In fact, pastored two churches. I mean, this guy was phenomenal. And you know what? I read his, his schedule. And, you know, you'd think a guy like that, in order to do that, was working 80, 90 hours a week. He wasn't. But you know what? Every moment was planned. He even had a family day in his weekly calendar where he spent the day with his family, doing family stuff, taking care of his kids. Listen, if Charles Spurgeon can do everything he did, all right, what, what's our excuse? You know, truth be told, it's because we're not planning good enough, that's why. Amen? And so listen to me, look at that calendar on the night before, know what you have the next day, and determine to live every day on purpose. Let me give you something else here. Anything else that comes up, that you need to do that's not on a normally normal weekly responsibility, make a to-do list, all right? Something that eventually needs to get done. By the way, this list is something that is written down, okay? Again, don't just try to remember because we all have faulty memories. And although at some point you might be able to be pretty good at that, at some point you're going to forget, right? Things on your to-do list get accomplished in, in the time gaps of your everyday life. For example, when I was in Bible college, we had a lot of outside reading, okay? And on top of going to class every day, going to work every day, ministry on the weekends, I mean, Bible college will, will either make you or break you, just saying, all right? It will reveal whether you have character or you don't have character. And one of the things that our teachers would tell us, because they would assign us all these crazy books of outside reading. Now, I shouldn't say crazy. They weren't crazy, but there was a lot of outside reading. Here's what they would say. They would say, listen... It seems overwhelming, but if you schedule properly, it's not. Between each class, you've got a 10-minute break. It only should take you about two minutes to walk to your class. When you sit down, instead of just goofing off, talking to the person next to you, open up your outside reading and read eight minutes between each class. You've got four classes a day. That's 32 minutes of outside reading. You can do most of your outside reading in the eight minutes between your classes. Guess what? That's how I did all my outside reading. And it worked. It worked, okay? So all I'm saying is this. You're going to have things that come up on your to-do list, all right? And then there's going to be times where your schedule gets a little bit more, uh, you have a little bit more flex in it. Maybe you get something done earlier. Maybe, you know, uh, your time slots change a little bit, okay? And so when, when you have some time, do those things on the to-do list. It's very important, all right? So organize your year. Now, our lives aren't just made up of years, though. They're made up of days. And this is where it gets even a little more nitty-gritty, all right? So how do you schedule your day? Okay, again, number one, every morning, reserve time to start your day 
day with the Bible and prayer. Again, you know what it's called? Giving God first place. That's what it's called. God, listen, folks, God ought to have first place of everything in our lives. Everything. Give Him the first part of your day. Meet God in the morning. By the way, I've said it. How arrogant aren't we as Christians to think we can live any day without God? I mean, come on, folks. Do you realize how dangerous this world we're living in is? I'm talking about, yes, physical, but more spiritual. There is spiritual danger everywhere. And you want to get up and live a day and say, God, God, I think I got this today. I don't need your help today. I'll figure this out on my own. You want to live that way as a Christian? No, thank you. Too much at risk, folks. Too much at stake. You need God every day. By the way, when you start your day with God, it's just amazing how it sets the precedence for the rest of the day. All right? So reserve time to start your day in the Bible and prayer. How about this? For the most part, go to bed the same time, get up the same time every day. Again, folks, figure out what you need. Okay, I know at certain stages of my life how much sleep I need. For example, when I was in Bible college, uh, my body adjusted to six hours of sleep at night. And, and for the most part, during my 20s and into half of the decade of my 30s, I lived on six hours of sleep at night. I need a little bit more than that now. All right, I get a little bit more. But I'll just say this. Here's what I found out in my life. I feel worse getting too much than not enough. Okay? Alright? So, figure out what you need for you. And this changes throughout different stages of life. This is different for everybody. But figure it out, alright, and get on a schedule. For the most part, go to bed the same time, get up at the same time. It will help you stay on schedule. Alright? How about this? Expect disaster days. Alright? And I'm saying this the week before Snowmageddon, right? Okay? (laughs) Expect disaster days. Listen, folks, life is going to happen. It's called sicknesses. It's called unexpected emergencies, all right? It's called anything and everything's going to come up. It's going to interrupt your normal schedule. Now, listen, when that happens, all right, don't freak out. Don't have a coronary about it, all right? Just, it happens, okay? And so, expect that. It's part of life. Learn to be, here's the word, flexible, amen? Be flexible. And, you know, sometimes God does that to cause your path to intersect with somebody else. For example... All right. I, I had a, had a few disaster days this week. All right. And they all revolved around my truck. Okay. That's why I get for bragging on my truck last week. All right. Man, it was not good. And so one day this week, I, I was, uh, my, um, uh, uh, actually brother Mike did some work on my truck and I had to take it down to get an alignment on it. So I dropped it off. I had an alignment done. And I was in there, and I was talking to the guys uh, there at, uh, at at the tire shop. And as always, I always try to figure out a way to get the conversation going toward the Lord. One of the guys was a Christian. I knew he was a Christian. So we started talking about the Lord. And uh, God, this was a divine appointment, by the way. And, uh, man, it just opened up the flood doors. And, man, we started talking about God. And we started rejoicing in different things the Lord does and just bragging on God a little bit. We were starting to have a little revival meeting down at Big O' Tire. Amen. And uh, it was good, actually. It really was. And. Uh, so we were doing that. Well, I got ready to walk out, and, and I didn't even see this. There's a lady sitting over there in the, um, in the uh, sitting area. And, and, and she stops me and says, excuse me, sir, what church do you attend? And I'm like, oh, yeah, open door, baby. <laughs> and so I began to speak with her and talk to her. And uh, she's like, you know what I believe? I believe God allowed me to be here today to hear the conversation I just heard between you and those men. I began to witness to her and talk to her, and, and she says she's a Christian, but she's looking for a church to attend. Told me she's going to uh, attend at some point. But here's what I got to thinking after that whole situation happened, all right? Listen, folks, if, if I had an issue with my truck so that I could be there at that time for that day for that one lady, it was worth it. 
And sometimes, you know what God's going to do? He's going to, what we think is something bad, what we think is a disaster, God's just uh, shifting our schedule so our paths can intercross with somebody whose heart He's been working on. That's why as Christians, we've got to be soul conscious. We've got to look for those. By the way, okay, again, remember we talked about this morning, scriptural thinking patterns. If your day does get interrupted, if something does start going out of the norm, quit freaking. Quit freaking out about it. Once you start doing this, okay, Lord, show me why my, my day's getting out of schedule a little bit. Lead me to the person that you're ready for me to talk to. I'm going to tell you, you start thinking that way, living that way, you'll be surprised what God will do, use you to accomplish. Amen? And so listen, expect disaster days. They're going to happen. All right? Be flexible when they do. How about this? Communicate with your family about your schedule to keep from having scheduling conflicts. That's important. Listen, folks, communication is key, right? Okay, and you know what? It's important to make sure that we get where we need to get. Communicate, amen? And listen, uh, we all got to work on this, and uh, this is uh, important, though, especially as husbands and wives. As Because, uh, by the way, we're partners, amen, right? But listen, don't promise to do something or be somewhere until you check with your spouse. Because guess what? They have a schedule, too. Come on, husbands, your wives are busy, right? My wife's busy. She has a schedule. And so before I promise something, let me tell you some of the wisest things you can say. All right, if somebody asks you something. Wisest things. I was joking a little bit earlier, but no, it's true. Here's what it is. You ready? Let me talk to my wife about that. Amen? That's smart. That's smart. Men, come on. How how many times you got to bang your head against the wall and cause unnecessary conflict because you didn't utter those words? Okay? Listen, I've learned that the hard way. Okay, I'm showing you my feet of clay tonight. Amen? I'm showing, I'm learning that the hard way. But listen, communicate, right? Uh, talk to your wives. Talk to your husbands. And that way, you can make sure things get done the way they need to. How about this principle? This is important. People trump projects. Let me say that again. People trump projects. Now listen, goals are important. To-do lists will help you stay focused. But don't miss out on people around you just to go about your day. People are more important than those things. By the way, here's another principle that, that, that parallels that. Okay? People are more important than things. Okay? That was pretty quiet when I said that. Amen? But it's true. People are more important than things, folks. Okay? And so listen to me. That means this. Take a minute here and there to be kind and helpful and always treat people proper. Amen? Remember something, the devil could be setting you up. He maybe could be making you try to have a bad day so you can lose your testimony and smart off or do something you shouldn't do as a Christian. Don't fall for that stuff, amen? Okay, and remember, people are more important than things and people are more important than projects. And then last of all, here we go, you ready? This is good. Be sensitive, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. By the way, remember something, folks. What's the most important thing in our lives? The will of God. And if God wants to interrupt, you know, my plans, guess what? Whose plans are more important? Mine or God's? And God has every right He wants to interrupt anything I plan for my day. And by the way, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just like I said the other day, uh, or, or the illustration of what happened to me the other day. That was a God thing. Okay? And you know what? If, if something had to go wrong to get me to that place, that's okay. Amen? Because again, uh, we're, we're, we're to do what Jesus said. I must be about my Father's business. 
And even though God allows us to live life and work jobs and do the things we do, the reason we do those things is so we can be about His business, not our business. So be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. My grandpa taught me a very wise principle. He um, was the one who ran the bus ministry for all those years. And he told me, he says, you know, when I'm out on Saturday visitation and I'm going from house to house, he says, you know what, I never listen to anything that will distract me. He says, I don't even listen to Christian music because I want it quiet so I can hear hear the presence of the Holy Spirit speak to me about something. And he would say multiple times, I'd be driving, going from you know one stop to another stop, and the Holy Spirit would say, go visit that house. There's toys in the front yard because of the bus ministry. And you know what? He would. He'd stop, and he'd go over, he'd talk about the bus ministry, begin witnessing, and many and many a times he would either lead people to Christ or a new family would start riding the church bus because he was sensitive to the Holy Spirit when it came to his schedule. Amen? Now, I get it, folks. we got to live by schedule. I understand that. we got to be certain places at certain times. Okay? It's not right to be late. You know, just be, well, you know, the Holy Spirit told me to go to Walmart, and now you're 15 minutes late and hold everybody else up, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, by the way, I don't think God will ever tell you to go to Walmart, all right? Just saying. He might. He probably will. But, you know, not my life. Amen? But, uh, anyway, so here it is. You ready? Plan your work and work your plan. Live life on purpose. In fact, one of the things that lady the other day I was talking to her about, you know, when I talk about the church, folks, I get excited. Amen? I mean, it just it, it flows out of me because it, it, it's what God's put in me. And I was telling her about what goes on at the church, and I was telling her about this and that, Missions Emphasis Month, we were talking about that, talking about the spring program, the fall program. And she's like, man, you guys got a lot going on over there. Amen? And you know what? It is true. We do. But you know what? It's planned. It's scheduled. And even though it is a lot going on, it's doable, right? Because you know why? We're trying to order our time. By the way, one of these days when we stand before Jesus Christ, no Christian will look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I just didn't have time to do that. Oh, we might thank it, but we won't utter it because no excuse will work then, right? And if we would say that, I guarantee we get a stern rebuke from our Lord and say, really? And maybe he'd go through whatever circumstance we tried to use it as an excuse and show us that, yes, we did have the time, we just didn't order it properly. Right? So let's think about these things. Be sensitive to God, and let's, beginning uh, this week, order our time and live every day on purpose. Let's pray. Lord, be